Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolaroid Stories. This is episode 30. My name is Fabio, I am an English teacher, and this is my podcast. Welcome, welcome. If you don't know what it is, it's a storytelling podcast for English language learners. So if you're learning English and if you like listening to true stories, you are in the right place. On this podcast, you will hear true stories told by the people who live them, and you will also hear conversations about learning English. I am finally back. If you are on my newsletter, you might know that I was in Morocco. I traveled around Morocco for about four weeks, four weeks in Morocco, then a week in Spain and two weeks in Portugal. I have quite a lot of free time during the summer and um, I always use this time to explore other countries. But I'm, I'm glad to be back home. I was very exhausted because the way I travel, I don't go to hotels, I never go to expensive guest houses or anything like that. I always go to hostels, I do couch surfing, I go to campsites. So it's like, I mean, it's, it's quite tiring. It's very tiring the way the way I travel, especially because I never stay in the same place for more than two days. So I keep on moving around and, you know, you have, I have to find accommodation, I have to find transport, I have to find the right restaurant because I'm vegan. If you've ever been a backpacker, if you've ever backpacked around the world or in, in any country, you, you might know how tiring it is. I read a lot during my trip and I'm going to tell you about three books that I read in Morocco, three books that you might like, you might want to read. So I will send this in the newsletter. If you want to join my newsletter, my private email list, the link is in the show notes. And I'm also going to record a podcast where I'm going to tell stories from my trip because I learned I learned quite a lot this year from this trip. But in today's episode you will hear Tanya from Russia. Tanya is an English language learner. She is an advanced language learner and uh, she took the Storyworthy book program in April. I invited her to tell a story because as part of that program, which is still open for enrollment, so if you want to join this program, I will leave a link in the show notes. It's a storytelling program. We will, we're going to read chapters of a book called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix. It's a book that will turn you into a better storyteller, and uh, we will discuss the ideas in the book. And as part of this program, Tanya had to prepare a story, a personal story. And this is what she, what she did on the podcast. So you're going to hear Tanya's story inspired by a picture of her husband. If you want to see the picture, you can go to my website. It's all in the show notes. You will find the link. And if you want to join the program, all you have to do is to sign up. The link is in the show notes. There are still three spots available. 
and we are going to start on the 17th of September. Okay, listen until the end, because at the end of the episode, I'm going to tell you why I think Tanya is a successful English language learner. So I think you could learn quite a lot from Tanya. All right, are you ready? Because it's now story time. Hello, hello, Tanya. Welcome to Stolaroid Stories. Welcome to the show. Hello, Fabio. Hello, everyone who is listening. Very happy to be here. <laughs> Hi, Tanya. So, Tanya, can you introduce yourself to our to our listeners? Uh, so, my name is Tanya. I live in uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia. Uh, I am very interested in recycling and upcycling, which is actually the redoing things from uh, the waste, unwanted uh, stuff, to something, let's say, precious. And of course, I like learning English. <laughs> why, why, why do you like learning English? Uh, so, actually, I started as a, ch- as a challenge uh, um, to fulfill this goal, to fulfill this list uh, my aim which I tried to do uh, the entire life with a few attempts, uh, with no success. Uh, But eventually I decided to do it again because now we have internet uh, and a lot of different sources and now it's easy to do. Uh, That was one reason. But uh, the more probably important reason was that now I know for sure that information in English is much more reliable uh, not all of this is translated into Russian, so that's why to be more informed, it's better to know English. What, why did why did you fail? You said that you failed in the past. Yes, a lot of time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, first, my fail was after school because school system is not good for learning English uh, because it's it it, it focus uh, focuses on uh, translating uh, grammar. Uh, the text and the like context is not interesting for children, and actually it's boring and un- um, insufficient. Uh, our Russian system was the same, and after school I actually could do nothing in English. No reading, no, I don't know, talking. Uh, and uh, throughout my life with my daughter and uh, myself, I tried to do it, to start, to restart it again. Uh, but I think... Because of the lack of the good resources then, uh, I, I couldn't succeed. And now, when we have open internet sources, of course, it's more easy to do it, if you are motivated, of course. So, yeah, I tried it, and uh, yes, I, I actually, the first sources were like uh, BBC Learning English, and it's very interesting. It's modern, context is funny. Yeah, I... BBC Learning English was one of my favorite websites when I yeah. was learning English. I, I always say when I was learning English, but actually I'm, I'm still learning English because I still, you know, I, I keep discovering and learning new words as I as I read, as I watch movies and videos. So it's it's once you start learning, you never learning a language, or also learning more in general. You never you never end, right? I yeah, I still. Yeah. Uh, discover words in Italian that I don't know. <laughs> yes, I agree. Agree. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I also agree that the school system is not very good 
And I mean, it, it's all grammar-centered, too heavily, mm-hmm. too heavily uh, based on grammar. And I, I still don't understand why. I mean, I can't remember a speaking lesson in, in, in high school. We never mm-hmm. spoke English. Maybe now things have changed quite, quite a bit. But still, it was all rules, which is, you know, studying the rules, learning about the rules, I think it is valuable. But it's not the only thing. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. It's not the only thing that you need to do to learn a language, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you enjoy learning grammar rules? Because some students don't, you know, they don't care about rules. No, of course, they're important. Uh, if you don't know them at all, probably no one can understand you. Uh, but uh, talking about learning them, I can't, if just you repeat how rules work, just it's no sense. Uh, it's no recollection with English. And um, uh, you may learn them by using speaking like skills, for example. Yes, and thus you are training and you remember better. Uh, but our school system doesn't do it. I'm actually not sure that all of our English teachers, not all of them, could speak English very like fluently. I doubt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's uh, actually because they also were focused on just teaching, following the textbook, and nothing else. Mm, that's another. Yeah, that's another issue that we have there. They have to finish. You know, they have. They have a syllabus. They have to yes. get uh, done by the end of by the end of the year. So there is no really there's not a lot of place for telling telling a personal story. Maybe like like yes. uh, the, the things that I I love doing with with, mm-hmm. with the students. So it's all yeah. Open your book, page fifty four. Yeah. This is the lesson and boring. Yeah. <laughs> It. I mean, it, personal. yeah. It's. It's not. You. You can still turn it into a personal. I mean, you can still add some elements of personalization. Yeah. But if yeah. you have a syllabus that you have to, you know, complete, and you have to tick the boxes, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Okay. What did you? What did you find? What do you find challenging about learning English or improving your English? If there is anything. Yes, of course, it's <laughs> You're joking. So, uh, <laughs> phrasal verbs are just a pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very trouble, uh, troubles area. Uh, I I know that for like I, I speak with a lot of people and actually for a lot of them it's a very just hard thing to to remember. I don't know a lot of phrasal verbs. Unfortunately, mm. it's hard to remember and it's very hard to use them regularly. Mm. Interesting, because some people say some teachers say that uh, in order to be understood you can also if you you can also forget about the phrasal verbs and use the latin based yes. word like for example to find out yeah find out about yes. something you can uh use maybe discover something and that's mm-hmm. you you can still be understood but there are then some issues there for about register so maybe those Latin-based words 
are used more in formal context. Formal, they are more formal, yeah. yes. Sometimes almost academic. Mm. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I'm thinking, get away or escape, mm-hmm. get in, enter, you know. Yes, yes, Okay, yes, all yes. those. And uh, when I was learning phrasal verbs as well, and I'm still learning phrasal verbs. And one thing that I found useful was to buy a phrasal verb dictionary. The Cambridge mm-hmm. Phrasal Verb Dictionary, which I have it here, there somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a dictionary only with phrasal verbs. But of course, you know, maybe you don't want to read a dictionary in order to, to, to learn phrasal verbs. But, but it's still a resource. You know, it's still a learning yes, resource yes. that um, I think it can help you. I would say learn, learn them in context. So don't yeah. learn lists. I mean, I've never found lists very useful, but every time you find a phrasal verb while you're reading, while you're watching one of your BBC Learning English videos, I would just have like a radar on and and you can maybe record it. And I don't know, there are so many things that you can do. And probably, do, do you have a vocabulary notebook or something? I had it uh, uh, when I started. Yes, I I just tried to write down. Uh, I tried to write down these new words and uh, some structures. Now I mostly don't do that. But actually, yes, just yesterday I read the article and we discussed it in one of my speaking groups uh, from The Guardian. Hmm. And the language was, no, of course, first of all, it's British. And then there were some verbs, uh, we may say phrasal verbs. And uh, I paid attention on them. I didn't write it down. But uh, I think I'm going to read it again just to remember them from the context. Yeah. For me, it's more, it's better than just follow the um, any dictionary. The dictionary is very good, of mm-hmm. course. But uh, it's impossible for me to remember them from dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also maybe, I don't know if you know Quizlet, the vocabulary Yes, app. I know. Yeah, do you use it? Yes. No, not often, actually, yes. Because, like, I, I know a lot of sources but uh, and uh, stuff like this, like apps and something, but uh, it's impossible to use all of Yeah, them. well, yeah, there is so much now. There is so much. Even teachers, mm-hmm. we are overwhelmed by the yeah. amount of, you know, of technology and websites, apps that we mm-hmm. can use in class and out of class. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to put the link to Quizlet if our listeners here don't know what it is. It's like a vocabulary flashcard app mm-hmm. that you can use to to remember, review and study vocabulary. So, let's talk about the book club because you took the story worthy book club and mm-hmm. um you were very motivated. I remember you 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 like reading, so a book club, I think, was something that you <laughs> that you found useful. Can you tell us what you learned by taking the story-worthy book club? Oh, okay, uh, so first of all, thank you for that experience. Uh, and uh, talking about the book itself, it is story-worthy, uh, from Matthew, Matthew Dix, yeah. Uh, actually, for me, no, first of all, uh, telling a story is a very good strategy to, <laughs> to speak with people. Hmm. Uh, this book is actually a very good guide 
uh, and uh, following it you may just um, uh, you may make your story better you may understand how it works you may see some features now after reading this book in every story because he mentioned even movies hmm. uh, so and um, yes uh, that's about uh, this book and the talking about the book club uh, I think uh, I think actually it's a good place first of all to polish your like um, your skills like writing listening speaking and again you may focus on like checking the dictionary because like before reading your sto- uh, my story of course I try to write it and of course I has to uh, had to check everything uh, more or less just to be correct uh and um no, that's a very obvious learning skill uh, and a learning idea. Uh, but uh, before that, on top of that, I may say that uh, actually it's a very good environment to interact because learning actually language, it's about interacting with people. And these meetings, they were very, how to say, um, about mindful things, not chatting about something just very uh, primitive, it was about uh, someone's ideas, uh, and it's better than just to have a chat. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like it very much. Yeah, I liked it too, because we talked about life in general, but we, mm-hmm. life stories, where we find, where we can find our stories, what a story is. Like, I didn't know what a story was before reading this book. Like, to me, a story was anything you know when you when you talk about the past that's already a story but actually it's not really a story the author Matthew Dix gives a, a precise description of what a story mm-hmm. is right yeah. so there is there must be change there must be an arc there must be some sort of reflection also it's not just i did this i did this then i did that and this is the end no so why should we care about your story and uh, then you also, you wrote a story that you're going to tell us today. Yes. And did did writing a story, crafting your story help you? H- how did this help you? How did crafting a story help you with your English? And also, I don't know, maybe you discovered something else or you learned something else by writing a story. Of course. Uh, so I may tell you first about learning English experience uh, by writing stories. Uh, mm. No, again, I think it's quite obvious. Uh, when you're writing, you try to use words, not just words, but collocations. And thanks to Grammarly app, uh, which is just an extension in my browser, mm-hmm. I may see my mistakes and I may correct them just at the same time. And actually, why correcting it? Uh, by correcting this uh, at this exact moment, well, I, I don't know. It helps me to to remember better some grammar, uh, and so it works for me very good. And you are practicing writing, and you try to f- to get the better like uh, combinations, let's say, of words yeah. to um, express your idea. Uh, so it's very hard work actually. I can't say that I I write a, a story. I don't know in ten minutes. No way. No. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. 
It's much more just time you need. Uh, I don't know, one hour if you are very attentive. Uh, so, and um, uh, of course, when you are reading it, and then you try to explain to people that's how your book club worked. And actually, in the book club, we try to analyze each other's stories. And uh, again, it's practicing English, so it's very helpful. But talking about ideas and how it might help you to be a better person, let's say, it's the arc. You remember some routine, some your past events, uh, happy, unhappy, whatever. And then you try to chain them, like to create a path between them and to find the connection. And then eventually you have a conclusion, which ca- it is kind of insight, a new vision uh, or on something in your life. And it's it's life-changing. It might be life-changing. It's maybe even like a catharsis sometimes. Like, sorry, uh, like what? Catharsis. Oh, catharsis. You know, I know this word in Italian as well, but but I don't know what it means. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, actually, it's kind of... uh, No, let's say it's a very deep, profound change when you are watching something thinking about something, it's kind of epiphany. Mm, okay. Very, very, very deep uh, when you just, I don't know, no, it's kind of a, a new vision of life. Uh, so it might be so uh, with the stories also, because you may understand that probably you make so, I don't know, unbelievably bad mistake mm. uh, that you probably have to change your life completely. No, it might be so. Uh, It's not about my today's story, but anyway. Uh, So that's how it works. That's how it may change you. Yeah, I I think you're saying something very interesting. When when you said that you find when you tell a story, you also when you when you tell or when you're creating a story, you not only improve your English because I mean writing a story, there is a lot. There is a lot to do there. You have to think about language, grammar, mm-hmm. f- uh, sentences, how to structure a sentence, how to pronounce it, because if you want to tell, you have to pronounce the yes. sentence. But it's also a way of connecting the dots. So a lot of stuff happen happens mm-hmm. in our lives. But if if we tell a story, we connect those events, and then and then we have a story. And as you said we find meaning right yeah. we find some meaningful uh, meaningful realizations about something that happened to you and the best part in in my opinion is that then you share that and people can relate to you and you can use storytelling in so many i mean storytelling is applicable to many fields when you go to a job interview for example, yeah. you can tell something about yourself. You can tell a, a short story about what happened to you when you were, I don't know, when you were working in another for another company, and that's how the employer, for example, can understand. So you can make a a powerful impression there. I think with a story. I don't know how how do you how could you use this is something that I'm still trying to understand myself. How can you use personal stories in English or in Russian um, 
in your life? Do you use them? Do you need them to, I don't know, at work? No, at work, no. Uh, but actually, I think it's possible to use it in some context, in some meetings and, uh, like, uh, I don't know, interactions with people. Uh, when, for example, you said about job interview, why not? Hmm. Uh, a short story there, it might be applicable, as you said. Uh, but talking about something, so I said at the beginning of our interview that I am interested in the uh, recycling, upcycling, and actually I have to speak with people to tell them what it is about. And that's how the story work, uh, st- a story might work. Uh, so I may deliver my message more clearly uh, for these people. And uh, talking about uh, interaction with people, just making horizontal uh, connections, creating a community, again, it may help you. And uh, um, in in a lot of cases. Okay, so it's time for you to tell us (laughs) your story, Tanya. It's time for you to tell us your story. Do you have a picture? Do you have a photo? I found one. Okay, so Tanya, it's time for you to tell us your story. It's story time. (laughs) Story time. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, let's begin. It's evening time, and I'm waiting for my husband to come home from work. Dinner is ready, but I need to open a pickled veggies glass jar. I'm not good at doing this. My hands are weak enough for this. To be honest, I can open, I can't open a plastic water bottle when I'm occasionally buying it. So I'm also waiting for my husband to come and help me with this jar. Finally, here he is, brisk and tired at the same time. This is a moment when he has right enough strength to have a shower and then straight away to the dinner table to be fed and calm down. It works like magic. While I'm sitting at the table in front of him, I see how gradually he looks more relaxed. But today I'm asking him first to open the jar. Immediately he tries to do this, but fails. Okay, sometimes shit happens. In this case, he usually puts the jar upside down and into the hot water for a few seconds. The problem is, that that day we didn't have hot water in our tub because of some repair process on the line. So, to put jar top into the water, Eugene has to boil it first. But remember, he has just enough strength to take a shower and then straight away to a dinner table. So, his irritation goes high and his hands are missing objects and as a result, is creating a mess. It comes as a spiral. The more mistakes someone makes, the more irritation and even more mistakes. Well, I go out of the kitchen. I can't look at it. I'm waiting in my room, listening to the battle there. When everything goes silent, Eugene's face appears in the opening door, smiling and satisfied. That's it, my dear, he says. When I came back to the former battlefield, the jar has been finally opened, everything has been cleaned up, 
and the situation looks like comes back to normal. He is taking a shower and then straight away to the dinner table with me in front of him. No disaster, happy end. If some of my friends had witnessed that scene, it would be quite hard for me to explain what was going on. You can't imagine how many times I have been asked why on earth I'm living with such a creature who behaves like a volcano in daily domestic situations. My answer is not for those people, because I think they can't accept it as a good and sufficient. My answer is for me, as I know for sure that in difficult challenging cases I get his support. We share the same values and talking about life in general, we have a lot in common. On top of that, I know exactly what the source of this irritation is. Every time Eugene is anxious about his clumsiness, he is not angry with me or people around. All I have to do is just wait for a volcano to get weary and open the glass jar. Is it better? It's much. It's much better than the first version that I heard uh, in the book. In the book club. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's it's amazing because I'm going to tell you why. There are a lot of things that that I like about this story. The first thing is, again, very simple. Like it's a story about an ordinary moment of your life, your home, you can't open a jar with pickles, there were pickles inside. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that that's, that's the situation, right? It's not something I went to Tasmania and uh, <laughs> I don't know, I was surfing with the sharks, something like that. No, it's a simple, simple moment, ordinary life, these are my favorite stories. Then your husband, so you started very by providing a very clear scene. So you're, it's evening time, I can't open this jar. And, uh, and then your husband comes back from work. I don't know if he was coming back from work mm-hmm. or not. Okay. Yes, yes. And, and then I like, I really like the way you describe your your husband so he's got you said he, he's got enough strength to take a shower and then straight away to the dinner table <laughs> and um you just asked him can you open this jar for me mm-hmm. but he's very clumsy and he's maybe very tired you said there yeah. is he was very tired <laughs> and so he makes a mess yeah. and you leave the room when he makes this mess mm-hmm. and when you then finally he opens the jar mm-hmm. The the best part of this story is your moment of realization. So you said if I have if I had to tell my friends about this man, um, they would like they, they are wondering why I live with such a you know, such a yeah. such a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a bit grumpy even when he comes back, when he comes home. But then you realize that you live with a man who can support you. Yes. And opening a jar is... One of these things. Is the simple... Well, yeah, it's, it's the, one of the... This is what I got from your story. 
is a very simple demonstration of how he can help you, right? And uh, you feel you feel you share your life with a supportive man, like with with a man who shares your value and can open a jar for you, even though he's a volcano. You said, <laughs> like. And he's not he's he's not angry with you. He's just angry because he's clumsy and uh, he makes a mess all the time. So it, it's very simple, simple story that you told in English, and I think it can make a powerful connection with couples, with people who live together. I think a lot of people can relate to this story. I can certainly relate to this story because Aloha, like Aloha, does a lot of things mm-hmm. for me all the time she cooks not all the time sometimes i cook but she she does a lot a lot for me and i do a lot for her yeah. as well it's not that i'm a lazy guy who records podcasts and and that's it's it it's a very good thing <laughs> with your recording so don't underestimate yourself <laughs> <laughs> no no okay so brilliant thank you tanya how 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 did it feel ah uh, a relief <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, should be proud. How can you use this story? Do you think you can use this story? I think actually as you while you have been talking I think that at the end of my story I told that uh, my friends can't understand hmm. uh, the reason for us to live together. Hmm. And actually this story it's a good thing to tell them to explain. Hmm. Do you think they understand better? Uh. When I tell this story Oh, Wildly. yeah. No? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's, absolutely. Because if if it. they... Why? Is it because your friends don't like your husband? No. Uh, they don't like these moments, actually. <laughs> because uh, they also feel frustrated when they see that uh, it's going to be a mess. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so it's a way this story can help them understand that he's not angry he doesn't make a mess because he's you know a grumpy a grumpy man but it's just because he's frustrated and he's not angry with anybody but himself yes yes, yes. yeah in a lot of yeah in a lot of cases it goes like this yes yeah so i tell them this story tell them mm-hmm. gather them uh, have a dinner together <laughs> <laughs> and tell them this story. Will it will work. Together. It will work. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it was it was a real pleasure. I hope you will keep learning phrasal verbs, <laughs> and uh, and keep telling keep telling these stories because I I really seen a huge improvement, a huge improvement in uh, in your story in the way you told it. Because I, I heard the very first version. And uh, mm-hmm. great. Thank you, Tanya. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye, Tanya. Bye. All right. That was me with Tanya. Did you like Tanya's story? I think Tanya's story improved quite a lot because she worked on her story and um, she applied the techniques and the ideas from the book, from Storyworthy. So, well done, Tanya. There are three things that I like about Tanya as a language learner. 
Number one, she is proactive. She is proactive. So she is in control of of her learning. She she's she does things. She doesn't wait to be told what to do. She knows what resources she likes to use. And this is fundamental in language learning because if you don't do that, you you can't always have a teacher. Actually, you don't even need a teacher. And I'm saying this against my my own interests, but it's true. You don't need a teacher. And even if you study with a teacher, the teacher can't always be with you. So, you need to be independent. You need to find your own way of studying and learning English. And of course, a teacher can help you a lot actually, but don't wait for a teacher to do the things that you should be doing. This is what I like about Tanya. The second thing that I like about Tanya as a language learner is that she doesn't care if she makes mistakes. I'm sure that maybe you noticed some mistakes during our conversation. Maybe I made some mistakes, I don't know. But it was very brave of her to join the podcast. You need to be brave. You need to be courageous with your English. You need to accept the fact that your English maybe is not 100% perfect and that is all right. That is perfectly okay because there are stages in language learning. You can't go from 0 to 100%. There are stages in the middle. So accept where you are and just work to to improve. Work to improve. But don't worry if you can't speak 100% um not 100% perfectly but don't worry if you can't express your ideas the way you can express them in in your own language in your own first language and the third thing that i like about tania is that she joins communities online of other learners of english because she lives in russia so in russia people don't speak english as a first language so she doesn't have a lot of opportunities to practice english in her own in her own country but she joins these communities on facebook um i think i think only on facebook uh, I'm, n- i'm not entirely sure but i know that she's on facebook and she's very active in these communities she joins meetings she practices english she uses english to communicate quite often and that's something that if you're living in a non english speaking country you should do right so tania found these communities and she is active in there and she also helps learners of english whose level is below her own i think this is amazing i think this is amazing so no language focus today because usually at the end of the episode i talk about a little expression maybe some vocabulary but this is something more related to mindset than than language and it's it's still valuable still very valuable i believe okay that's it for today if you want to join my newsletter 
link in the show notes if you want to join the Storyworthy book club and learn how to tell stories, discuss ideas and read a book, a real book in English. The link is in the show notes. And if you like Stolaroid stories and you want to help me, please share this episode with one of your friends. All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you will join the next episode of Stolaroid stories with another true story. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.